John chapter 16 is a very important passage of scripture to anyone that is serious about their relationship with God. If you want to have strength to endure, you need to understand John chapter 16. It is bookend with two very powerful scriptures. Verse 1, Jesus said, These things I've said unto you or spoken unto you to keep you from being offended. Jesus said, I need to write what I'm about to give you. It needs to be recorded because I'm going to say some things to you that if you don't know it ahead of time, you could begin to have some doubts and you could begin to have some questions. And quite possibly, if I don't tell you ahead of time, you could end up offended at some of the things that's got to take place. But thankfully, he closed the book with verse 33. This is my key verse today. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. <laughs> He said a whole lot in between verse 1 and verse 33. But he said, I'm going to say these things so you'll know what's coming and not get offended. And he said, just to solidify it all, I told you this stuff so that you can leave with some peace. Because there will be tribulation out there in this world. But don't worry about it. I've already taken care of it for you. My subject tonight or today is settle the issue. Settle the issue. While you're standing, let's thank him for his word. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your presence and your spirit. Let's move through this place right now. I thank you for each and every one that is gathered here today. I pray today, God, that before we leave, we can feel your glory enter into this house and into this place. God, do what only you can do, and we shall give you all the glory and all of the praise. We bind every hindering spirit, and we loose your spirit to work freely in this house. If you're going to help me preach today, would you clap your hands unto it and shout with a voice of triumph this morning. Amen, amen. You might be seated today. We do miss Pastor. We are glad that they are able to get out and get a much-needed rest. Amen. And uh, we are thankful for him. We are thankful for his leadership, Sister Arlene also. And uh, we hope Bryce is having a great birthday getaway and celebration as well. Amen. We've uh, got one to baptize. Cassidy's come today to be baptized. We're going to take care of that after service. Isn't that great? Amen. And uh, maybe somebody will decide to join her before we get finished in this place today. Amen. My childhood favorite 
cartoon. I used to watch those. Was G.I. Joe. Anybody remember G.I. Joe? Yo, Joe. There you go. G.I. Joe. And if you do remember him, you most certainly remember his most famous closing statement. Because at the end of every episode of G.I. Joe, he would recap the mission that they had been on. And he would speak of the enemy and what the enemy had tried to do to them and what they had tried to accomplish against the good guys. And then he would uh, give a synopsis or a detail of how he and his team foiled the plan of the enemy. And he would famously close by saying these words, And now you know. And knowing is half the battle. There is today power in knowledge. There is something that is assuring or settling when you have all of the facts. When you are prepared, things or issues or situations, circumstances, Troubles, storms, life takes on a whole different meaning. Most of the time, our fear is strengthened by the things that we do not know. The scripture that I have read to you this morning culminates one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible. Now, I've brought a pretty Bible today to preach out of, but if you could see my Bible, the one that I use, there is hardly a scripture in John 16 that is not completely marked and notes written beside it because there is so many nuggets of truth and things that the Lord has given to alert his people throughout that chapter. But it is one of my favorites because when you read from the perspective of one with knowledge and as one that has tasted the sweetness of God's presence and the Holy Ghost, you can begin to feel the very heartbeat of Jesus in every word that is recorded. It is here that we find Jesus is revealing to his disciples the true purpose for his being with them. And he is, at this time, just days away from the end of his mission on earth as a man. While he has attempted to show them and ready them and prepare them over the last three and a half years, Really, the entirety of his life has been lived to set up the culminating days. You would actually think by now that they would have it all figured out. You would think by now that they knew or would know how the plan 
of God was going to unfold. I mean, think about it. These are the men that left everything to follow him. Surely they have read the prophets. Surely they understand what the Old Testament said of this Jesus, of this Messiah that would come to be with them. Surely they know where this is leading to. If you can pick up on the tone of the passage, it's easy to discern that Jesus knows they still don't get it. You ever been there? <laughs> it's like, Lord, I, I, I should know by now. I should have this thing figured out by now. I should see these tricks. I should see this. I should shouldn't be taking me by surprise. But sometimes it just does. So Jesus, for his people, so they're not offended, lays down parables. He quits talking in riddles that require their intellect and require their interpretation. And he begins to prophesy to them. And he gives them a Viewpoint of what is in store. He simply steps in front of them and he pulls the curtain back and he allows them to see a little further down the road. And then he delivers the lovely news. You are headed for sorrow. Boy, what a prophecy. How many of y'all wanted the preacher to come in and prophesy sorrow was ahead today? And I can almost see them because I feel somewhat like them today. Time out, Jesus. Hold on just a moment. Are you really sure that we forsook everything? We laid our careers down. We left our family. We dedicated ourselves, and we have been following you all this time, and you are telling us that we're headed for that. Wasn't quite what they wanted to hear. Sure wouldn't fit in with today's prophets. Not a word about financial expansion. Not a word about building new barns to contain all the blessings that are on the way. But a word about weeping and lamenting and great loss and great sorrow. And if that wasn't bad enough, he prepares them that while they are sorrowing, us, you and I, while we are struggling just to live for him. And while we are trying to make it day to day and do our best to fulfill his will and walk in his purpose and walk after his commandments, the world and devils out there are going to be rejoicing against you. They're going to have a field day. They're going to say you're crazy. They're going to say there was nothing to that from the very beginning. Look at what they sold out for. Look at what they left. And look at what they got. It wasn't the word they wanted to hear. It 
but it was the word they needed to hear. Because Jesus wasn't interested in their feelings. He was focused on their faith. <laughs> he wasn't concerned about how they felt about what he was going to do. He was focused that their faith would remain intact to take them through the things they didn't understand, to carry them through the dark seasons and the times when it just didn't make sense. He knew I've got to have a people who are not following me on feelings, but I've got to have a people who have settled it. My word is forever established, and you can put your faith and your trust in me. Come on, I don't know about you, but I faced some times in my walk with him where I felt like Job. I looked around, and I couldn't see him anywhere in sight, but I knew that he knows the way that I take, and my faith said, hang on just a little bit longer because you may not understand it now, but God is going to work all things out for your good. Let me pause this story today to give you a word. Brother Chase can back me up because I gave it to him two Sundays ago. I felt this for the last two Sundays and this is what it is. God is trying to call this church up and out. Come on. Y'all going to help me preach today? Up and out. Out of our feelings and into an assurance. Hear me, CLC. Mark chapter 5 tells the story that we are all familiar with. It is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. I won't take time today to read it. But what you need to know is this. She approached Jesus with faith. It makes me sick to hear preachers that get up and say she was his last resort. She was not his last resort. She had had an issue for 12 years. He only had a public ministry of three and a half years. There was some time she didn't know about him. There was some time when she was just doing the best that she could do to make it with the trouble that had come into her life. Come on, somebody. It wasn't a last resort. She came to Jesus with faith. Amen. It wasn't her fault that others had taken advantage of her. It wasn't her fault that she had wasted everything she had looking for an answer. He hadn't walked on the scene yet. But thank God today is different. She went knowing. She went in faith. She went believing. She went expecting that she was going to leave with her healing. Watch her. She wasn't lacking in faith. She wasn't just some 
blessing seeker. She wasn't there for him to prophesy to her that everything was going to turn around and be all right. She was there on purpose because she felt like Jesus was her answer. And so she went to church. I need to preach to somebody today. The first step to your miracle is how you come in. Come on now. This lady came with expectation. She came with an anticipation that one encounter with Jesus could do what none of the physicians could do. One moment in his presence could buy what all of her resources had been exhausted trying to find. One encounter with his presence would do what she had been searching for for 12 long years. Everything in her life spoke against what she was believing for. Evidence had been mounting. The physician's bills had been racking up. The trouble had seemed to increase for 12 long years. 12 years of pain. 12 years of ridicule. 12 years of brokenness all said to her, he can't. But she said, I feel like he can. I wish this house today would fill up with people that would show up on Sundays with a purpose. People who are tired of the lies of life. People who are tired of the tricks of the devil. People who are simply fed up with living by life's terms. People who would walk through these doors and say, if I can but get in his presence. It doesn't care. I don't care what everything else is saying against me. If I can get it to Jesus, I can be made whole. Come on, somebody. We know her story today. She crawled in broken. Let me help somebody today in this place. There's more to the story of her crawling than just a large crowd heard it preached all my life that there was a great multitude of people around him and that she crawled to him because she was blocked out because of all the people and yes there was a great multitude and yes it would have been difficult to get to Jesus I take no issue with that but you've got to understand something about this woman she was considered unclean the issue that she was bringing to Jesus was not one that would allow her to just casually walk around in the crowd. She wasn't even permitted to be in that public assembly where all of them were. They knew her. They knew her problem. They knew her trouble. And they knew that by law she was contaminated. So her crawling was more than just getting to Jesus through the crowd. Her crawling was because she wasn't even supposed to be in the crowd. See, the second step to your miracle today 
is to stop letting the crowd keep you from it. Hear me today, the church can be intimidating. And sometimes some of us that have been around here for a good while, we forget that walking into this building and seeing all of your beautiful faces and you've got your Sunday clothes on today and you got all dressed up and you did what you were supposed to do can be very intimidating for somebody that doesn't know him like you know him. Come on, some of us have forgotten what it felt like when all the perfect people were looking at us when all the people that were put together and all the people that have no problems they get up and drink coffee in the morning with Jesus we forget how uncomfortable it is to walk into a place and it can be hard when you've got some issues to walk into a place where all you see is perfection but I'm preaching to somebody this morning you came in today with faith you walked in this place today with a need and you came with a feeling that this just might be your day I'm preaching to you don't get distracted by the crowd don't let the crowd keep you from finding yourself at the feet of Jesus because most people never make it to him because they're too ashamed And they're too prideful and they're too afraid of the talk. But if you really need a miracle, when you get desperate, you stop worrying about everybody else that's in the building. You'll get to Jesus no matter what it costs. You hear me this morning, we've all crawled in this building before. Come on, I need the church to testify today. We've all had our moments where we've had to crawl in. We've all had our days where we hadn't done everything just right and our attitude got out of line and our mouth said things and our heart felt things and we thought things or we did things that made us feel like I'm not even worthy to go into his presence. We've all crawled in to the house. We may look good today and we may look like we've got it all figured out, but there was a time when this wasn't in our crowd either wasn't our scene we too felt unworthy we too felt like maybe I ought to just try to figure this out on my own come on somebody y'all know that's the lie the enemy tells you he tries to tell you you can do this on your own. Thank you, Brother Chase. You don't know how much you were walking in the Holy Ghost this morning. He'll tell you you can do it on your own. He'll tell you just isolate yourself. Just pull back. You can figure it out. No, no, no. You need the church. You need the people of God. You need the strength of this house. I taught it on Wednesday night, and I'll say it again in this place today. There is no greater place than the house of the Lord. You need the church today. 
Come on. Not every day am I coming in with the word to encourage. There are days I walk in and I sit on a pew and I need the word to encourage. Not every day do I feel like running the aisles and shouting up front. But when I look at brothers and sisters that I know have been in the fight just like me and they raise their hands and they lift their voice and they begin to cry out to him. It begins to build strength. It begins to stir up something within me that says you can make it and you can do it. That's what the church is. It's our place of safety. It's our place of refuge. Don't let anything steal the church. So I'm preaching to this church. Preaching to this church today. And you're friendly. And you're welcoming. And you're nice. And you're inviting. And don't ever cease to be that. All that's good. But I'm reminding you, never look down. Don't forget there might have been somebody today that couldn't walk in like you walked. There might have been somebody today that didn't have the strength to square their shoulders and walk through those back doors. There might be somebody below you that is crawling just to get a glimpse of him, just to get a touch with him, just to get an encounter with him while we're getting our praise on and while we're getting our Jesus fixed. Let's remember there may be somebody crawling trying to get to him. Don't step on them. Don't push them down further. Just move over and give them access to the only one that can pull them up. Come on, that's to the church today. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility. If you've been to Calvary and you've tasted of his goodness and you've been filled with his spirit, every time you walk in the building, you ought to be looking for the one that's broken. You ought to be looking for the one that's hurting. You ought to be looking more than just your little moves and your little dance and your little fix. You ought to be looking for somebody that you can help make it to him. But if you're crawling this morning, hear this preacher today. We aren't judging you. Oh, I need a little help from the church today. We aren't judging you. We aren't against you. We aren't better than you. We want you to find him this morning, not next week, not when we have revival services, not when we bring the fancy hot shot preacher in here with the cool message titles. We want you to find him today. We want you to leave this place this morning. Everybody ain't here, but there's enough of us here that we can get you to Jesus if you you're crawling today. You've crawled into the right place because there's a miracle worker in this building today. Can the church say amen?
So she came expecting. She finally got through the crowd. And finally, she was able to touch Jesus. And this is what the Lord has been pressing me to say to you. She had heard about him. And that was great. Because what she heard about him, watch what I'm emphasizing. She had heard about him. And what she had heard about him, if you read this in Mark chapter 5, you will find that she had heard about Jesus. But what she heard about him produced a feeling in her that she had towards him. Because of what she heard, she felt he could heal her. All because of what they said about him. And this is where most people stay. They've heard about him. And they develop a feeling based on what they've heard. But they never make it to hear from him. See, there's a great difference in hearing about him and hearing from So she came in with a feeling. Let me read that, Mark 5, 27. And when she had heard of Jesus, verse 28, she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. All she had to work with, all she had to rely on, all she really knew was what she had heard about him from them. Let me just drop this in here for all the sanctified folk today. Be very careful how you talk about Jesus. Be very careful how you talk about the church. Be very careful. Because people are listening. You might think that they don't want to hear what you're saying. But honey, if you get off on a tangent and you start running down the church and you start talking about the Lord, they are paying attention. Don't be the one that kills their faith before they can ever Make it into his presence. Thank God she heard enough good to generate a feeling that was enough to draw her to where he was. Good job, disciples. Good job, church. Good job, people that call him master and Lord. You've said the right things, and now she comes in with a feeling. But watch what happens, verse 29. And straightway, as soon as, immediately, straightway, as soon as, or immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. 
Notice that next three words. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. When she touched Jesus' garment, she was immediately aware that something just happened. Verse 29 said, she felt. When you trace that word back into Greek and its original meaning there, it means this. She was aware of it, but it was not yet clearly expressed. Oh, help me, Lord. In other words, she came in with a feeling, and her feeling pushed her into his presence. And in one touch, her feeling of he can changed to a feeling of he did. Oh, hallelujah. But hang on with me, because that's where most of us stop. They feel something. They feel the release of their issue. They feel like something has happened. They feel better. And then, because of what they felt, they leave like they came. Only their feelings have been lifted, and it feels a lot better and they are satisfied with just a feeling. <laughs> but Mark used a phrase that preaches volumes this morning. She felt. It makes you aware, but the expression isn't realized just yet. So notice what Jesus did. He stopped the crowd and he called her out. See, many would say, why did Jesus do that to her? Why did he make such a big deal of her issue and her problem? She had pressed her way through that crowd. She had finally made her way into his presence. She had been touched. She had gotten what she came there for. He should have just let her ease on out of there and let all them folks that wouldn't move over and make room for, just keep on doing what they was doing. <laughs> but that ain't our Jesus. Because he ain't going to let you leave with just a feeling. <laughs> and this is what he's been doing around here the past couple of Sundays and what he wants to do this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. He wants to move you from a feeling to an assurance today. He wants to give you a word this morning in this house to fully express you are healed. You are delivered. You are made whole. You are going to make it. You will be an overcomer. You will survive this storm. Your business will prosper. Your serving is not 
in vain. You will step into your calling. You will see revival. Your kids, I thought I was going to get some help. This is the word of the Lord today. Your kids will come back to God. Your spouse will be saved. You will live. You will make it. CLC will be full. CLC does have a future. You're going to see the broken set free. You're going to see the captive set free. You are going to walk in victory. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to declare to you today, God is calling us up, and he's calling us out. And he wants to give you an assurance today far beyond a feeling. He wants to assure you today far beyond hopes and longings. Come on, somebody. He wants to give you a word that will fully express a completed work in you. God isn't interested in you leaving today with your feelings touched. But he wants to meet you and speak directly to you. Your faith brought you in, but his word will take you out today. But you've got to step out of fear. You've got to step into his presence. You've got to step out of feelings. You've got to boldly approach him for an assurance that only he can give that today it will change. Come on, somebody. Feelings are fickle. They change on a dime. You can be riding a high and feel like you're on top of the world. But one situation and one storm can bring you crashing back down into despair. But when you get a word from him, when you hear from him, when he steps in, you can do what she did. Verse 34, go in peace. Ah, go in peace and be made whole. Her feeling would have carried her out thinking better of her situation. But that word became her assurance that when it looks like it's going to turn back around, you settle it because you're leaving with peace and you're leaving made whole. It was the peace or the assurance of his word that sent her out whole. Get this this morning. It wasn't only for her. It was for the crowd too. Jesus wanted them to know she isn't unclean anymore. She isn't an outcast anymore. Come on somebody. When he gets finished with you, the crowd you crawled into will be the very ones that will welcome you and say, come on, let's do this thing together. Come on, we'll meet you again on Wednesday night. Come on, we'll meet you again next Sunday. Come on, we'll walk with you, and we'll pray with you, and we'll have faith for you. We'll make sure that the Word of God is your assurance, and you can walk in that peace that you have been made whole. 
Hallelujah. I feel the Lord in this place today. Does anybody in this house need an assurance today? Does anybody in this house need a word today that you can leave on this morning? Hang on a minute, Brother Hodge. What about John 16? Preached all this time, and you're almost out of time. Preached long, and you told your wife you was gonna preach. She gonna tell you, you 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 lied. Said you weren't gonna preach long. She won't tell me that. She won't. She's up in the balcony today. She's staying away from people. She wasn't feeling too good. What about John three sixteen? What about them disciples? That story you paused. It's simple. It's simple. Life will bring you trouble. And if you live on the surface of what you see, you will live in the trouble that it brings. But I have spoken. I mean, him. But I have spoken. Why did he speak? To give them peace and to settle Settle their confidence. Come on. Not just a feeling, but a word of promise, a word of assurance. And if you need that word today as they get ready to help me on the music, I'm calling you out today. Under the mandate of God, don't hide in the crowd, but step out today and leave with an assurance. He's already overcome. He's already done what you need him to do. He's already stepped on the head of what is trying to lord over you. Come on, somebody. Would you rise to your feet in this place today? Come on, would you, would you link up with somebody? Would you pray with somebody? Would you speak life to somebody? Come on, I feel victory in this house today. I feel like the assuring word of the Lord wants to sweep across this building today and tell somebody you're in the right place at the right moment if you can step out and believe the word of the Lord. You can leave with an assurance. You don't have to leave wondering. You don't have to leave feeling, but you can leave with an assurance. Here's the last thing and I'm out of here. How did she unlock the word? That's important because God is waiting to speak something to you that you've got to know how to unlock. What released the miracle? This is it. Verse 33. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, she knew, but she still had a little fear. That's why the feeling isn't enough. The fear will steal your feeling. Tomorrow will come. 
and that fear is going to jump on you and it's going to torment you and it's going to tell you you didn't get anything in that service. That preacher didn't, he didn't have the mind of God for that day. He didn't tell you anything. You didn't get nothing. You just went down there and got a little goosebumps. You just went down there and got a little feel good. You just went down there and got a little shot of adrenaline. But it didn't really change you. <laughs> and that fear would have tormented her mind. It would have walked with her and it would have robbed from her and it would have stole from her what she knew in herself. God had done. Come on, you ever been there? You ever been in a service and you know what God has done? The minute you walk out, all the devils in hell jump on you and start lying to you and start tormenting you and telling you that ain't real. There wasn't nothing to that. Come on, we didn't gather together today to go through the motions. We didn't come for a singing concert. We didn't come for anything but to see God give a word of assurance and touch somebody's life today. I curse doubt in this place. I curse every lie from hell in this place. He was trembling. He was shaking. Fear said, don't go. Don't step out. Don't be identified. Don't let them see it. But she came. what had been done in her. And here's the key to unlock it for yourself today. She fell down before him. She crawled in through the crowd. When she touched him, she was in the right posture. But when he called her out, she returned to that posture. And she fell down before him. And she told him all the truth. See, you got to be willing to lay the pride down. You got to be willing to lay the ego down. You gotta be willing to lay down. What are they gonna think about me? What are they gonna wonder about me? What are they gonna say about me? Oh Lord, somebody's gonna think I've done this or I've done that. But you gotta get to a place in God where you're desperate enough that if you leave here without that assurance and you leave here without that word, fear is waiting on you and torment is waiting on you. She failed at his feet and she got honest with him 
started emptying herself. She started telling him the things that he already knew. But there's something about being honest with God. There's something about being transparent with God. There's something about saying, God, I've got nothing to hide. God, I'm not trying to keep it concealed. You know it, but I'm laying it at your feet. what he told the woman at the well. He was embarrassed as she could be. Five husbands living with one who was not her own. That didn't stop Jesus. It ought not stop you. That's another mess for another day. Let me finish. This is what he told her. The time will come when the true worshipers they're going to worship me spirit and truth that truth there ain't a big T I can tell you about truth I can preach to you this word I can walk you through doctrinal truth I got no doubts today what doctrinal truth is I can have a Bible study and take you all through truth today it's settled, ain't worried about that true worshiper. It ain't the big T truth. It's the little T truth. It means, God, I came here with a water pipe. I came here to draw just enough to get through this week. I came here to get just enough to carry me through. But today, in truth, I lay it down. Today, in truth, I set it aside because I'm leaving with a word. And she went and told a nation, come see a man that told me everything. Come on, somebody. When you come and you humble yourself and you empty yourself, there will be a word. I'm calling you out today. I'm calling you out today. I'm telling you today is your day. Come on, would you empty it before him? Come on, would you lay down every pride? Would you lay down every distraction? Would you lay down everything that says, I can't go before him and say today, God, I'm unlocking a word of assurance. I'm not leaving here today feeling like I've been in your presence. I'm leaving here today knowing Help somebody find him today. Help somebody find him today. Come on, if you're a guest and you've joined us today, come to the altar. Come to the altar. Come worship with us. We're not judging you today. Just come. We'll help you find him this morning. Come on, he'll speak life into you. 